0: Welcome back to another episode of Bed Letter. I'm your host, Christian Ashland, and this is the podcast where we chat a little bit about our psychohuman brains, a little about our loony human behavior, and a lot about how it all fits together. It looks like we are on episode 25. So thank you to those who have been out there tagging along, listening to the episodes as I've been releasing them. Um, I really appreciate all of you for taking the time to listen to the episodes and to, uh, kind of do this with me. I really, really, really appreciate it. It really means a lot to me. If you are interested in more of my work, you can head over to cashleman.com. That is where I post to my blog, and I have a page there that describes the editing, tutoring, mentoring services that I offer as well. Uh, tied with that, I also have a Patreon that gives you access to the Bed Letter community Discord server, the monthly newsletter and a whole bunch of other things. So again, you can find all of that on my website over at cashleman.com. That's dot ncom Or you can head over to Patreon and find it there as well. So you might notice when you went to watch this episode that it's a little shorter. Uh, and I wanted to explain my reasoning behind this um, before we got too far into this. So Um, it's not that I'm, you know, being lazy or I want to do less or anything like that. It's actually quite the opposite. Um, shorter episodes kind of let me put, they let me put potentially two episodes out a week and I can really, on those two episodes, I can really, um, dedicate special and specific time to whatever topics are being discussed in those in that or whatever specific one topic is being discussed because um, I can just choose one topic when it's a short episode and really flesh that out and it gives plus you know it gives you guys the chance to have a smaller listen window um, and it's kind of able to fit better either with with other things that you're doing in your life right whether it be you know a quick jog a quick drive somewhere. Uh, or maybe, you know, right before you go to bed, <laughs> almost like it's a bed letter or something. <laughs> just kidding. So uh, anyway, I think it would be cool to do more than just one. A w- I think it'd be cool to do even more than two a week eventually. Um, with a shorter format, it'd be awesome to do kind of like a, a three a week thing or even more than, you know, maybe even more eventually. But with my job right now, I do work. You know, I have a full time job, so I can't commit to putting any more than two out a week. Um But that kind of leads me into my announcement. I wanted to actually officially announce and say that Bed Letter is going to be released every Tuesday and Friday. Um so I'll be looking for it on those mornings. Uh I'll probably be releasing it on midnight those days or around then. And uh and if it's ever delayed or something like that, I will be sure to uh, either let you guys know in a previous episode that the next one's going to be delayed, or I will let you know through social media, my blog uh, on my website, or uh, any of those places. So if you're enjoying this, please let me know. If you're enjoying the show, if you're enjoying B- B- Bed Letter, you can go to my social medias. Um, you can go to my blog and you can comment on my blog, or you can join the Discord channel. Lots of different ways of letting me know what you like and what you're not and all of that so i really appreciate it but let's just hop into the lesson for today all right so um i wanted to talk today about something called the sunk cost fallacy all right so first of all um a couple of things we're going to be going over today real quick is what is the sunk cost fallacy why does it happen and what kinds of decisions can the sunk cost fallacy affect how can i be aware when a decision is falling into this category and how can i com- become better at weighing my choices, right? So first off, what even is the sunk cost fallacy? The sunk cost fallacy is defined in the organizational behavior and human decision processes journal. And this is back in 1985 as individuals commit the sunk cost fallacy when they continue a behavior or an endeavor as a result of a previously invested resource, time, money, effort, a couple of examples. Um, the article, was that I was reading actually was citing multiple outside journals from a long time ago. Um, a different journal that it cited was called the Journal of Behavioral Decision Making and it posted in 1999. So this is again a little old, but you know, the idea of what the sunk cost fallacy has not is has not changed. So. Um they went on they said uh, for example individuals sometimes order too much food and then overeat just to get their money's worth Similarly a person may have a $20 ticket to a concert and then drive for hours through a blizzard just because she feels that she has to attend due to having made the initial investment The costs outweigh the benefits the extra costs incurred inconvenience time or even money are held in a different mental account than the one associated with the ticket transaction So these two snippets date back over 20 to 30 years, right? So they're a little old, but they explain the idea very aptly. I think, um, I think it's important to note that money is really easy to, it's, it's really easy to think about things with sunk cost fallacy in terms of money and investment of money. But there are lots of things, lots of different behaviors and lots of different investments, um, not necessarily monetary investments that, that this can happen in, that this can come in. The form of. So one of those is energy, right? You have e- your investment of energy into something, uh, your investment of time into something, your investment of emotion into something. And that's going to be a big one. we'll talk about that in just a minute. But uh, basically anything that can be seen as a resource, even, even like brain space, right? As in the amount of so- the amount that you might know about something in particular, right? Anything that could be seen as a resource, is, can be affected by the sunk cost fallacy, right? So the most important factor to remember with sunk cost is the enjoyment of your results, how much you're enjoying the results of what you're doing, do not do not equal the amount that you're investing, right? So basically, the amount of time that you're investing in something is not equal, equaling or is not in balance with the uh, amount of enjoyment you're getting out of said thing. That is the sunk cost fallacy. And more importantly, it's not that you're having way, way too much enjoyment. It's, it's that there's an imbalance and it's that you're not having any enjoyment. In fact, it's, it's the opposite. It's detrimental to you, right? So, it's an imbalance between these two things, right? So, ideally, the goal of any resource investment. When you have a resources and you're going to invest that resource, the goal of any, any resource investment, when it comes down to it is what is the smallest amount of necessary input, necessary resource that I can invest with the maximum amount that I can gain, right? The, the largest amount of enjoyment of the results or the, the payout, the biggest payout that I can receive, right? And so the reason behind that is you want to, the reason that humans are wired that way is because you want to retain you want to obviously retain your resources so that you can continue to spend them and receive high levels of satisfaction, right? If you just spent all your money on like every penny you had on going to an amusement park, you wouldn't be able to continue going to amusement parks anymore because you had no money, you know, things like that. So we retain our resources so we can continue to spend them and receive high levels of satisfaction. It's it's ingrained in us, right? Uh And you know we we look at this in terms of everything. What's the most appropriate amount of money I can spend on, like a hoodie, for example, a jacket, and and for for the maximum amount of times I can wear it, right? Or or for example, what's the what's the part of for like a, a romantic relationship? What's the part of your relationship that you're going to invest your time and your emotion into, for the hopes of getting a huge return, the hopes of getting a much deeper connection with your uh, significant other in hopes of getting a much bigger, um, a higher return in, in things, maybe things that they're doing for you, stuff like that, right? So everything is, you know, every action you make. In, in some sense or another almost is is can be seen as some form of an investment right and and similarly in in like hobbies right so if you spend a lot of hours on a hobby you're getting varying levels of enjoyment and happiness from that thing right and there's a balance between all of these things there's a balance between the amount of time or the amount of emotion or whatever that you're investing into relationships or into hobbies and what you're getting back usually there is a balance in that right and 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 where the where the cost and the result can coexist, uh, sunk cost is basically when that balance is broken or tipped in the wrong direction, right? So, I did find another article that explains this uh, a little bit further and, a little, and and very well, I think. Um, the title of the article is "The Sunk Cost Fallacy Is Ruining Your Decisions." Here's how. It was published on the Time Magazine website by Jamie Decharme on July twenty eighth or July twenty sixth, two thousand and eighteen. And it says, I'm not going to read it all, just a couple little tidbits out of it, but uh, the first one I wanted to go on is if you've ever let unworn clothes clutter your closet just because they were expensive or followed through or followed through on plans you were dreading because you already bought tickets, you're familiar with sunk cost fallacy. The sunk cost effect is when general is a general tendency for people to continue an endeavor or continue consuming or pursuing an option if they've invested time or money or some resource in it says christopher oliviola an assistant professor of marketing at carnegie mellons tepper school of business and the author of the 2018 paper on the topic published in the in the journal of psychological science the effect becomes a fallacy if it's pushing you to do things that are making you unhappy or worse off so the fact that you are left unhappy or worse off is critical here right this is the most important part of the sunk cost fallacy um It was a huge if it was a huge uh, time investment for a short span of of high of a high level of enjoyment like like for example uh waiting for waiting in line for a ride at an amusement park uh, like like if you're at disney world or something you're waiting in line to get on a ride and it takes like an hour to wait on wait in line and then you get on the ride and it's over in like 45 seconds right lots of people see that as worth it because the intense 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 um Levels of enjoyment that you receive are worth the sacrifice of the hour of time, right? If, if, if the enjoyment you received, um, if you were to wait in that line and go on the ride and the ride actually sucked, but you were just saying, yeah, it was good because you felt like you needed to because you waited so much time and you felt like, well, I didn't want to just wait an hour because and have it be worthless, right? That sucks. And so we would say, people would say, Oh, yeah, it was a good ride. It was a good ride. This idea often applies to money, but invested time, energy, or pain can also influence behavior. Romantic relationships are a classic one. Olivia says, "The longer you've been together, the harder it is to break up." Pain is one that I hadn't originally thought of, to be honest, but uh, I think it's—I think it's incredibly strong. The amount of pain that you've uh, almost invested in something can be huge when it comes to the sunk cost fallacy, right? Um, but this leads me directly into my second question, right? Why does this happen and what kinds of decisions can the sunk cost fallacy affect? Right. So the article goes on. Um, Humans can get in this psychological trap for several possible reasons. O- Olivia says sticking with the plan, even when it no longer serves you could be an attempt to correct cognitive dissonance, the mental disconnect between paying for something and not getting the expected return on investment. It could also be a knee jerk reaction to regret. Or Olivia says, it could be an attempt to convince others and ourselves that we're not wasteful. I think it's kind of cool to think uh to think of it as an overcorrection of our brain, like the sunk cost fallacy as like an overcorrection our brain makes so we don't experience the discomfort of being wrong or of failing or of pulling out of something. Um almost like a really, really terrible safety mechanism because, you know, in reality we're left doing the thing that's making us unhappy, right? Um, just because we think we should, because we've invested so much time. And so it's kind of interesting to think of it as an overcorrection. Um, but that clues us in on why this phenomenon happens, right? But what types of behaviors are able to be affected by this? What, what are the different things that we need to be aware of? Um, in our lives that could fall into this category. And we've already covered a lot of them already, but to name a few um, big ones uh, that would have really affect your life, romantic relationships, I think, or just relationships in general, right? Staying in a toxic relationship just because you've been in that relationship for 10 years or a year or however, whatever amount of time, and you've invested whatever amount of pain and whatever amount of 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 emotional investment and stuff like that when in reality, you know, now that it, relationship is toxic, this is a fantastic example, right? Um, people will say all the time, Oh, I don't want to go do another, or I, I mean, I've heard it. I, I don't want to go and, and get in another relationship because of think about all the time it takes to just get that to that place with somebody. Right. And, and when in reality, the relationship you're in now is toxic. And so, you know, this is a huge one. Um, Investing positions with monetary, right? Monetary investing positions, huge. Obviously, I think this is, um, people do this all the time with investing, just keep investing more and more because they already have, and they think, well, it's going to come back around eventually, right? Right. And so, uh, gambling, same thing, kind of like gambler's fall, gambler's fallacy. Um, anything really to do with money purchases, any, any purchase you make, depending on how much you spend. If you spend a lot of money on something, it can, it can, you might see it differently um, than, than if you had spent less amount of money on that thing, on the same type of thing, right? Um, one thing for me is like hobbies and video games, uh, specifically video games. This is an interesting example just because I found that there's like some games that I've put a lot of time into in the past. And when I go and play those games now, I feel the need to like continue playing them or to or to continue like progressing in them. Um, or at least when I am spending like video game time in my life to be on that game, since that's the game I have the most, you know, hours or time or whatever spent. But even though, even though that game might be like old or not fun anymore, or, uh, might be in a bad development place or something like that, it might be making me mad or it might be a bad game at this point, who knows, but like, just, that's for me, a really good example of, of sunk cost, because it's like, I feel this need to put my time into it, even though there is no need. And it's just a, it's just me looking at my past and having it dictate my future. Right. So, um, and then another thing that, uh, again, huge is like your work, your job, your career, right? This one is, this one's gigantic. Cause I think it can lead people to spending their entire lives at at a miserable job or a career that just, just because they have, you know, just because they've paid their dues and they've worked hard to get there, um, when they would actually be a lot more happy somewhere else. And they've just because they've put in the amount of time, um, just because you've put in the amount of time for something doesn't mean that it's going to equal your happiness essentially. Right. And so one last interesting tidbit from the article is that, um, they say at the end, uh, she says, you still feel the guilt of wasting money even when it's not your own. Olivio's paper found that we feel we feel the need to honor other other people's sunk cost in the same way that you feel the need to honor your own, even if the person who paid the cost isn't a close friend or family member. If you've got sick on the day of if you got sick on the day of a concert, Olivio's research suggests that you'd most likely that you'd be just as likely to force yourself to go if a coworker gifted you pricey tickets as if you had bought them yourself. So just when you thought it was only um, yourself that you needed to worry about when it comes to this, uh, no, we actually honor other people's investments in the same type of way, which is really interesting, right? So no, this is – it's it's almost like our ability of interpersonality, which is basically assuming somebody else's shoes, right, taking on somebody else's role and seeing seeing life through their eyes as best as you can. Uh, It basically plays into this right our ability of that plays into the sunk cost fallacy as we know and understand what it means to invest resources into anything everybody knows what it's like what that means i mean everybody if you're alive you know what it means to invest some resources into something right and so that's a very a commonality we all have and so for the final the final bit here um my questions are you know how can i be aware when a decision is falling into this category and how can i become better at weighing such choices and i don't really think there's a silver bullet here or anything but just a couple of thoughts i had um before wrapping up the episode i think that knowing our history is important i think because it gives us the ability to make better and more informed decisions however However, when that history is allowed to rule our lives and poison our decisions and give give way to maximal investment of time and energy and money and emotion with a minimal return of happiness um or meaningfulness or money again, our existence uh, our existence becomes dulled. Our our mood and attitude shifts, things like depression, anxiety creep in and we are I think we're near powerless to stop them when making decisions while it's, while it's important to weigh the circumstances of the past, it becomes most crucially important to make choices that benefit your, your future, right. That benefit your future outright as well as your present. Um, and you know, the imbalance in that is, is, is kind of what leads to this, the imbalance of, of letting your, your past dictate your future completely instead of your, instead of kind of weighing all three things, you know, um, As we like to say in writing and and, in the editing and writing world, sometimes you sometimes you need to kill your darlings. I think I've said that on the show before, but sometimes you need to omit things from your life that you think you should keep just because they played some bigger role in your past, um, whether it be time, you know, any of the things we've talked about, but that thing no longer when that thing no longer serves you. And in fact, it does the opposite for you. It It is detrimental to you. It does become incred- incredibly important to cut it out of your life. And I think that noticing this behavior and emotion, um, I think it's quite difficult because our, our minds actively, actively want to recuperate the loss, right? They want to Cover it up. They want to act like we are, Uh, our minds want to act like we're still in the right, right? Um, that I was correct for waiting in that amusement park ride for an hour because it was worth it, right? It was worth it. That being said, there is a clear uncomfortability when you're feeling, when, when this feeling is experienced, right? Like, for example, when I am playing a video game that fits into that topic from earlier, right? When I'm, when I'm playing a video game that fits in with that, that with the sunk cost fallacy, deep in my mind, I, I feel like I know that I should be doing something else, or I feel like I know I should step away and find a better game or find something else to do entirely. I think that, I think that magnifying that tiny, tiny little voice that's crying out and, and letting that voice have its day, that can help you lend credence to the possibility of moving on from whatever dragging you down from whatever is, is, is sinking you, I guess. Right. So, I mean, you aren't dumb. None of us, we're not dumb. And if, if, if there's one thing that we know as humans, it's how desirable it is to obtain and, and and maintain happiness and meaning in our lives. Right. So noticing when that meaning or happiness is not matching what you thought it would be, that, that shouldn't be impossible or that, or even really necessarily too hard. I think it'll, I think that'll, happen almost automatically, but it's the actual acting and physically moving yourself to do something about it. That is the difficult part, right? I would say, give it a, give it a shot, uh, once, maybe twice, just try it out. See what happens when, when you experience that discomfort, if, if you've invested and you keep investing, um, and, and you have, cause you have like when you've invested and you keep investing in whatever this behavior is, because you have in the past, but it's not, it's not, it's not doing anything for you anymore. It's, it's detrimental to your life. Try pulling out of it. Try seeing how you feel after you've pulled out of it. Try the opposite measure. Uh, try the opposite, you know, of what you're doing and and just measure the results. Because I think that, I think that if you want to find meaning and happiness in your life, I think you have to treat yourself kind of like a science experiment sometimes. Right. Um, move, remove things and add things and remove things and add things and see what happens. And, uh, but I mean, I guess that's life. So sunk cost fallacy, incredibly interesting, um, incredibly valuable to know about, I think. And Yeah. But uh, I think that's where I'm going to wrap up this episode. It definitely has gone longer than I thought or anticipated. I always end up having more to say than I think. So uh, whereas in the beginning of this this episode, I said, oh, you might have noticed that this one's a little shorter. Uh, it definitely is about the similar length as everything else. So That's fine with me. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. And, um, if you've been, if you have enjoyed listening, be sure to follow Bed Letter on whatever platform you prefer. Uh, remember that you can check out my blog. You can check out other projects that I'm working on and other stuff over at my website, cashleman.com. And if you're super inclined, I do have that Patreon where I have details about services I offer in the realm of editing and tutoring and mentoring and stuff like that. That's mostly in regards to English and writing. But uh, I offer other things there as well. As I said, all of this info is found on my website, Um I, I really, really, really appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, I will see you guys on Tuesday next week. What day of the week is that? Well, not it's obviously a Tuesday. The What's the, let's see, 23rd? Day before my birthday. All right. Sweet. Well, yeah, I will see you guys next week on Tuesday, bright and early, and uh, I'll talk to you guys later. I'll see you next time on Bed Letter.